Hello again and welcome to the Gospeled Boldly podcast, where we confess with St. John saying, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're your hosts, I'm Thomas Lemke. And I am Pastor Eric Brown, and I want you guys to know Thomas Lumpke is going to be on the ball today, because while he was <laughs> reading that, I'm sitting here doing like a little chair dance to try and distract him, and he cracked a little bit of a grin, but he didn't break out into laughter, so he is going to be on the ball today. Me, I have no clue, because I'm like kind of shot mentally, but we're here. <laughs> it is time to go through, uh, get into God's Word, and see what again God says to us, and if I remember correctly, Thomas... We are in John 14. That would be correct, yes. 100%. Verse 7, actually, is what we're coming upon. Now, now, John 14 is one of those famous parts, especially John 14, 1 through 6, mm -hmm. which reaches the great climax of, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. This is one of the things that, that, that is familiar. It's maybe not John 3, 16 familiar, but uh, I, I did a funeral yesterday for, for an old member of the church where none of his family was churched and such like that. His confirmation verse was John 3.16. The two verses I played off of were John 3.16, which is? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, All right, so, so on and so forth. And John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. So, so let, let's just bring this up to, to, to focus on that, that verse a bit just for a moment. Sure. Jesus said to him, to Thomas, who doesn't know the way to where Jesus is going, because Thomas is clueless. <laughs> Sounds right. Oh, hi, Thomas. Um, <laughs> anyway, Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the whole point is you get three, you get, it's a three for one I am statement. Because again, this is that, that, that ego and me. You have the way. Mm -hmm. This is the, 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 the path that, that we're upon, the, the, the road that leads to the Father. If you aren't on Christ, you're not getting to the Father. You, you cannot get to the Father apart from Christ. So he is the way. He is the truth. Apart from, from Christ, there is no truth. Ooh, you could have fun with that from a, a, an apologetic standpoint. Mm -hmm. but, but that idea is, is when we're dealing with what is right, what is wrong, who is condemned, who is forgiven, there is no truth in any of that apart from Christ. The truth of what is good from Christ. The truth of what is wrong, from Christ, not from our own crazy vain ideas. The truth of who is forgiven and who is outside of salvation. Again, that's all revolved around Christ, not your actions, but are you in Christ? Have you received Christ? Have you been forgiven or are you rejecting Christ? It's all on Christ. That is the truth of every reality and indeed the life. If you have Christ, you have life. If you do not have Christ, you're, you have no life. Mm -hmm. That's the the arching reality of this. I mean, so this is a, a great Jesus is all in all type of statement. Any other thoughts just on on fourteen sixteen for the moment? Um, no, I think you you pretty much covered it. <laughs> all right, then then if you would just read seven. Sure. So, <clears throat> if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Now, 
something important to mm. remember about about Greek. And, and this has come up in Bible studies that I've been teaching here at church lately, so I, I'm kind of thinking about this much more so. Mm. Greek has two words for no, that, or, or that we end up translating often that English is no. Mm-hmm. There is one that is oida, mm-hmm. I don't, which is to, to have an idea, to be aware of. I think of uh, translating this like getting. Do, mm-hmm. do, uh, Thomas, do you, do you get that there is such a thing as people getting old and having really bad knees? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a concept I'm familiar with. Yeah, you, you, you get it. I mean, it, it's you're aware of, and, and you have an idea that, mm-hmm. of it. Then there is the word gnosis, or, or in verb form, gnosko, mm-hmm. which is an innate knowledge, an experience of. Gotcha. Uh, Thomas, if I were to ask your grandpa if he <laughs> knows what it's like to, to age and to have the aches in the knees. Intimately well, and experientially. He would know it. Well, well, I have a better, closer understanding of the knowledge than I did 15 years. I, if God lets me live to be 80, I'm going to know what it's like to have bad, creaky knees. That, mm-hmm. That's I'm going to experience. Or, or uh, have you been to London, Thomas? Never have. Are you aware that there's a town called London? Oh, yeah. Are you aware of a big clock tower called Big Ben? Yeah, isn't that like right off of Parliament or something like that? Yes. Yeah. Now, I conversely have actually been to London, and I've stood and I've looked up at Big Ben, and I've heard it ring. So I have a different experience of it. I, you, you are aware of it. I have experienced it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Hundred percent. So when we have here, Jesus says, "If you had known me, it's the experience. Mm-hmm. It's not just be aware of it. it it's if if you've had this experience with me." You would have had the ex- you'd experience the father as well, and from now on you do experience. So, so it's not just a an abstract God at a distance. I'm kind of, no, no. To participate in Christ is to participate with the Father. When right. you get Jesus, you get the Father, and this is in a full sense of look. Seriously, I am the way, the truth, and the life to the Father. And when you deal with me, you get everything there is about God, real and and up close. And this is one thing that that is often used in the the scriptures when we talk about how we we know the father we why because we we've participated in Christ are you are you attached to Christ physically now thomas mm-hmm. really now yeah how well tethered through my baptism and of course through the lord's supper that's received weekly at uh, the divine service i don't know if i brought this up last time because i brought it up somewhere else okay but i was at a pastors conference and uh and one of the, the presenters there had a wonderful thing. He said, sound is just touch at a distance. Yeah. When you think about it, sound is actually a physical wave. It is something touching you from a distance. So really, even when we make that distinction between, oh, well, the, 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 word, uh, the baptism and the Lord's Supper are really physical things and everything else is just the word. No, no, even, even, even the spoken word is physical. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's no, no. Jesus has touched you. You have experienced him. He's not just some distant concept. No, I'm here. I'm with you. And guess what? You get the whole kit and caboodle of the Father. Right. Now, having said this, saying this wonderful, full and 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 deep, wonderful stuff. What's the disciples' reaction? (laughs) If you would read 
just eight. All right. Because I want to I want to fully express my face palm at the moment. Fair enough. Philip said to him, and I note that it's Philip this time. Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. <sighs> All right. Now, now think about this. Think of how bad this answer is, this response. Listen, you get a chance to experience at cl- up, up close, to participate in. All right, all right? And Philip says, oh, well, just, just show him. Just, just the, the word is, is uh, dexon. Just, just kind of point him out. We, we don't need to be close. Just, just kind of say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's over there off in the <laughs> distance. And, and then we're all good with that. I mean, that, that's enough for us. Uh-huh. That's a rejection of the mystery. That, that, that's not even just a rejection of the, the mystery. It, 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 it's missing the whole point. The point here is God comes down to reconcile sinful man unto himself, to win forgiveness and redemption, say, no, I'm going to be in relationship with you. Oh, no, that's fine. Just We, we can be pen pals. That's <laughs> so, so, I mean, this is a giant swing and a mist from Philip. And remember, this is Monday, Thursday. I mean, this is Jesus like, yeah, I've got like two and a half more hours of teaching to go, and then you guys graduate. Oh. <laughs> So so let us hear his response. If you would do 9 through 11. Okay. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Dude, haven't you been paying attention? Uh, show it, dude. You you've been seeing the Father at work in me and through me for three years now. What what you you thought God was like ignoring? You, you think the Father was just ignoring things when you're we like you know feeding thousands and all that, you know, you know, when I asked you, Philip, how, how are we going to do this? And you gave uh, 5,000, yeah. what, you, you thought God was absent there? Mm-hmm. You thought the, thought the Father was distant? And again, this does drive to one of the things that comes up. Sinful man assumes and wants God to be at a distance. Why? What's the first thing Adam does when, they hear the, when he hears the sound of God walking in the garden after he has sinned? Puts up a barrier. Uh, well, I guess he's already erected the barrier in the form of clothing, but uh, he hides. He, he dives into Keep cover. <laughs> that God away from me. Uh-huh. Because what does sinful man expect God to do? Um, well, I guess the fireworks show at Mount Sinai is probably what they're expecting. <laughs> and and if, if it's directed at them, that's not the greatest. Well, again, too, because what, what, what does sinful man in a sinfulness want to do to someone who offends him? Go, go, go. Yeah. All, right, all right, dear fr- dear friends and listeners, go check on social media and see what happens when someone says something that people don't like. Yeah. What, what, but there, there's a reason we call it flame war. I, I mean, that, or, trolls. And I mean, the, the, this is what, by our nature, by our sinful gut, we expect God to want to do. We expect God to want to smash us. Mm-hmm. And Hulk smash. So, so if God is coming down to us, we're assuming it's to kick some butt and take some names. Yeah. And yet, what's the whole point of Jesus 
coming. No, no, I've been spent I've been with you three years, not to condemn, but to the Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Or that the world might be saved through him. Look, that, that that's the, that's the program, that's the job, that's the goal. I'm here to save. And that's something that is just utterly ununderstandable to man. And Jesus says, look, if you can't wrap your heads around this, at least look at what I've done. I haven't come smiting people. I've come helping, feeding, healing, restoring. At least understand that that's the program that because of what's been done, but you're still like, ah! Poor Jesus. We, we, we think of his passion just as the time on the cross. I don't know. As a teacher, this whole section seems really painful. <laughs> Maybe it's just, oh, oh. Double face ball. So yep. let's go back to the break. I don't think it's going to get better off the break for Jesus, but uh, we'll keep plugging along. Sounds good. And here we are again on the Gospel Boldly podcast. And now we're to our happy new segment, The Backwards Life, mm -hmm. where we look at, at uh, common tropes of the Christian faith and kind of come at them from the backwards side and figure out what else is going on. Cool. So you got one for us today, Thomas. Yeah, yeah. I was inspired by your, uh, your story uh, during the break in, in one respect. And so the question then, or the, the well, topic that I'm story offering... during the break? Well, you, you had mentioned uh, uh, visiting a pub here on vacation and uh, ah. the wonderful beer they had, which leads me to the Christian trope of Christians should avoid drunkenness. Not, not to say that your story involved personal drunkenness, because it didn't. <laughs> no, no. Uh, okay, so Christians should avoid drunkenness. Now, now the reason this threw me off guard is because... During the break, he'd asked, how was your vacation? I was talking about all my stuff that I did with my kid. <laughs> and there was one little note where before we went to the place, I stopped at an ice brew pub. So it's like, oh, what's he going to ask about kids and vacation? Oh, so, okay. <laughs> so this is really coming at me sideways. Now, yeah. now first of all, Thomas, is that a true statement? Christians should avoid drunkenness. Yeah, I mean, we even find that in Scripture. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is that, that drunkenness is bad. Now, now, do we have something positive with alcohol in the scripture as well? Gladdens the heart of men. We are Wine gladdens the heart of men. So, so while that statement really does talk to the abuse of alcohol, is there a proper and licit use of alcohol? Absolutely. I mean, Jesus Provided it's legal by the state in which you were in, because sure. most of you were teens aren't over 21. Fair. Yeah, that was brilliant Fair. logical. Most <laughs> of you who are teens are not over the age of 21. That, yes, for sure. <laughs> that works out. But but what happens is there... Okay, to, to bring things like this. There is a place in our life for joy and merriment. But that place for joy and merriment needs to be in its proper context. Um. The one of the one of the old old higher thing phrases is that we need to worship when we worship, work when we work, and play when we play. Mm -hmm. And that as Americans we tend to get that mixed up. We tend to worship our work, we tend to work at play, and we tend to play at worship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, well, this idea of, of Christians should avoid drunkenness is about proper play. Don't when you're going to to rejoice, when you're going to go have a good time. Do it well, but 
don't do it well. And one of the things that happens is if you're getting blottoed, you're not doing it well. You're 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 not enjoying the party well. In fact, we talked about this somewhat in John chapter two. What happens in John chapter two? Beginning Dings. of John. So <laughs> wedding at oh yeah yeah yeah. I did make the wedding at dinner, right? Yes, and is, you have the master of the feast who who gets the water that Jesus turned into wine, and he goes off his gourd. Why? Right. You bring out the good stuff first, and then the bad. What are you doing? Bringing the good stuff out now. It's not just a matter of quality, but that that good refers to strength. Mm-hmm. The job of the master of the feast was to make sure that people didn't get drunk, mm-hmm. that that they could drink freely and and keep things joyous, but not get sloppy or stupid right <laughs> so so i mean the, jesus first miracle involves a guy saying wait a second we should be avoiding drunkenness why are you bringing this stuff out now i'm gonna have to recut this come on Wa-a-la-la-la. so so well actually what i'll say uh, I'll, I'll come at it backwards this way too this is a reminder of how in our sinfulness we can take a good gift of God and twist it and use it where it's no longer good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, a candy bar can be a good thing. If you eat so much candy that you get sick, what is it? Stupid. <laughs> a, 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 a nice brew, if you are of, and a nice adult beverage, if you are defined as an adult by the state in which you reside, can be a <laughs> lovely thing. But what happens if you overindulge it if you misuse it well then first of all just getting drunk it it it, it, it ruins what's going on most time. rarely have i seen people do good wise intelligent beneficial proper things when they're drunk true uh, sin is stupid drunkenness tends to make you stupid <laughs> go and moreover, then you, you can you can even have the point where where your abuse of it can also lead into to drunkenness, where you you get that dependency on it, and you have to f- suddenly forego all of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I come from a family where where we have alcoholism, and and the thing that that is, I think the saddest about it is the abuse of something makes it to where your body can no longer tolerate it. Almost like like if you have the the sugar. I might make you cringe here, oh, oh dietitian. But if you have diabetes that is kicked on by by consuming too much sugar, to combat that, really, you almost have to cut yourself off from from all the good uses of sugar, mm-hmm. lest it other bad. And so you get that that same idea where where the reason God wants you to avoid drunkenness is so you can rightly use the gifts He gives you, not abuse them so bad that you can't. And I mean that that also applies to so many other gifts. There's a right use for sex. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens if you use sex wrongly? <laughs> well, you you might get cut off. You might get nastiness. Mm-hmm. That would be bad. Mm-hmm. Um food, same thing. Uh car. Car is a great gift. If you use your car wrongly, that could be accidentally bad mm-hmm. i mean that that's that whole aspect so so rather than just remembering that we should avoid drunkenness that's the abuse of something remember that there is a good gift here use the gifts of god rightly not we we live not just in fear but we live in rejoicing the good gifts that god gives us cool deal do you I, i'm gonna i'm gonna give a, an observation i did at a bible study last night mm-hmm. One of the things that we should remember 
is that the way the scriptures work is that everything begins with God giving and us receiving, and then our actions spring out from there. Think on Genesis 1. I will say this is a lesson from Genesis 1. When does the day begin? At nightfall. At, at sunset. The sun sets. And what happens when the sun sets? In the normal There is world darkness. Day. You eat, uh -huh. and then you sleep, uh -huh. and then you wake up and you eat again. Uh -huh. And only after you have received daily bread from God twice uh -huh. and rest, then do you go about doing stuff. Uh -huh. So the whole focus is you receive things from God and then you go out and do things. So the, 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 the focus is, look, God is good. Receive what he gives. Likewise, here, the, the idea, the focus is, look, God is good to you. He gives you blessings. Now, don't misuse those. Don't, don't, don't blow it. Is that kind of working? Yes. And instead of focusing first on how we can mess it up, let's focus first on the fact that, you know, God is good and gives us cool and awesome things. 100%. Cool. All right. Cool. That work? Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's plow on on. We, okay. we are at John 14, verse 12, right? Verse 12. Yes. Yep. So if you would read 12 through 14. Okay. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. All right, pause there, actually. I, sure. I, 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 I want to, okay. We miss this connection sometimes, or, or we kind of just skate on by it. This is an amen, amen mm -hmm. state. This is, this is, Jesus is saying something of great and vital importance. The one who believes in me, the works which I do, that one does. Now note, it's not just, oh, I mimic and do. But no, when you believe in Christ, who's the one doing stuff? Christ is doing it in you, through you, for you. So what Christ does is what you do. Mm -hmm. Again, this is putting a, a, a focus on faith connects us to Christ, and Christ is the one who is active. Everything starts with what Christ does, and from there it flows out to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You, you, you think you've seen important things in what we've done now in, in, in you know, feeding, in, in changing water to wine? No, no. The one believing in me is going to do even greater things because I'm going to do something greater here. And what's the great thing that Jesus is going to come up and do? What, what works, if you want to think about it? Mm -hmm. What miracles do we see Jesus doing from this point on in, in the Gospel of John. Because we've had the signs. We've had water to wine. We've had healings. We had, ooh, all these things that are great. What's the great miracle left for Jesus to do? Well, the big one that stands out to me is uh, putting the uh, cutoff ear back on the, uh, the priest's assistant. No! <laughs> no! Oh! Philip, you've... Oh, wait, I mean, Thomas, I mean, oh! Oh, man. What's the great miracle left? Well, the resurrection, of course. Death and resurrection. Standing up in the middle of the world of fear and saying, peace be with you. I mean, what, what's coming, the greater work that is coming is all mercy, forgiveness, all this stuff. And listen, the one believing in me is going to take that forgiveness that I have done and pass it on to, uh -huh. to flow. So, so this is awesome this is all about forgiveness and Christ doing stuff for you and in you and for, through you now I've got to be more holy than Jesus <laughs> no that's not the point <laughs> so so 
we have this beautiful thing of, listen, it's going to be cool. You guys haven't seen nothing yet. Because really the point is about forgiveness in life and God giving great, awesome stuff. And the greatest, most awesome stuff God can give to a sinner is forgiveness in life. Because you know what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, 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 and you're going to see me do that. And then you're going to actually do this. You're going to bring it to people and make it real because you have you believe in me and that, that's what I'm going to do for you. I'm, I'm going to well up my own love and mercy in you and through you and for other people. Through you. Yay! Now I'll take a breath. Cool. Any thoughts on that? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, there we go. Yeah. All right. Now, now you can read the stuff I, I told you to read it first because we're well planned here. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, 13 and 14. Uh, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now. Thomas, mm-hmm. I have a question for you because of this. Okay. Why did I not get the giant Transformers playset I wanted when I was a little kid? Because I prayed for it. And I even prayed in Jesus' name. Why didn't I get my toy? I was going to use a pony, but I didn't want a pony. There was a really cool <laughs> playset that I wanted. And, and I didn't get it. Why didn't I get it? I prayed in Jesus' name, and he says, you know, anything you ask in my name, that's what you're going to get. How come I didn't get it, Thomas? I would think it's because it, it carries an implied according to the will of the Father type of deal with it. This is one where where I think probably when we get back from the break, we're going to have to talk a little bit about the name. What's in a name? When we say we pray in Jesus' name, that doesn't just mean you tack on this I pray in Jesus' name right. at the end of the prayer. Right. But rather, to pray in someone's name is to pray using their authority, to pray in the way that they have set up and established. Mm-hmm. And and wh- while it's perfectly fine to pray for stuff, that that's not the, the, the major thing that's going on here. The great thing that, that is to be prayed for is what? What has the Father promised us? Mercy and forgiveness. Oh, in fact, in fact, ooh, ooh, ooh. so so. When I pray in the name, in the name, baptism, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, ooh, God's name, mm-hmm. for for forgiveness and mercy, can I be certain and sure that God will give me forgiveness and mercy? Yep. I think I think there's a a prayer that teaches us that that Jesus taught, right? Yeah, I think it even maybe carries His name in a, in a fashion. All right, yeah, all right. Well we'll, well, we'll we'll come back and talk a little bit more about this and then move on after the break, all right? Sounds good. I want a pony in Jesus' name. We're back to the Gospel Worldly Cup podcast, where we are delving into the fact that, gee, that God does not do everything that I want him to do whenever I want him to do it because I prayed in Jesus' name and he has to. <laughs> what did I just describe? What did I sound like there, Thomas? You described a master-servant relationship. I, I, I called your name, O oh servant, and where were you to do my bidding? Oh, Wait, wait. Is that how the name of God works? Uh-uh. Is the relationship between 
me and God that where I am the master and he is the servant, he will do what I say? Or is the relationship the fact that I've been brought into his name, that I am the his his child, and whatever I ask as he has set up his the rule of his family, the rule of God's house, that, that he will give to me gladly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. So you mean we don't get to use this against God, but rather this is God telling us, yeah, all the things I've told you, you get to use, you get to use. Right, right. <laughs> right. But I, here's an example that I like to use. Thomas, what is your last name? Lemke. Now, when I f- first met the gal who, who uh, you are now married to, that mm-hmm. was not her last name. What is her last name now? Lemke. Now, now oh, her, her, she, she now has your name, right? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, let us say both your lovely bride and myself happen to find a neat doohickey online. Okay. <laughs> on, on Amazon. And we, and we both click buy it. Mm-hmm. Click on, on buy it. Can, can your lovely bride say, oh, oh, husband mine who has given me my name, I have purchased this doohickey. Pay for it. <laughs> Legally, I mean, is there is d- does that come out of the Lemke bank account? Yes, yes. Now, if I were to say to you, oh, Thomas, dear co-host of mine, I have bought this doohickey, <laughs> you're going to pay for it. Huh? Does that dog hunt? No, no, not at all. Why does it not hunt? <laughs> I mean, you don't have access to the shared treasury, if as it were. <laughs> I, I am not, I don't get to act in your name. Lemke isn't my name. Likewise, you don't get to charge things to the Brown account, right? Right. But, but. But Mrs. Brown back home has right. and does. I mean that, that. So so when Jesus says, "Ask in my name," it, it's you have access to all of my goods, my stuff, my righteousness. The things that I had to give are yours to give out. Mm-hmm. My my my. Well, I shouldn't say my son because we do moderate what he eats. But but my wife can go into the pantry and just pull out any food there and eat it if she cho- so chooses. Right. Right. Whereas it would be very strange for me to walk into my neighbor's house, Mr. Wilson's house, and just pull things out of the pantry. Why? I, I, I don't have his name. I, I, I'm a Brown, not a Wilson. What am I doing there? Heidi-ho, so, neighbor. So, oh, what are you doing eating my food? Now, a good neighbor might be very kind. In fact, Wilson would probably laugh at it. But but I mean, I don't, I don't get to do that by right. And Jesus is saying, look, you are attached to me you're attached to the father all that we have is yours so use what we have and what do we have not the things of the world that's not the focus but mercy life forgiveness truth all that pray for that and it will be given to you Mm -hmm. so stop thinking earthly and think heavenly spiritually Mm -hmm. that makes sense totally 100 percent. i love it I, I do. I, 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 it, that's one of those verses where I almost always cringe when it comes up, and it's just like, oh, I know people are gonna apply this to, to something that is just <laughs> off and wrong. And no, you missed the point. Jesus is talking about forgiveness all the time, and nope, we don't want to talk about forgiveness. We want to talk about ponies, or a new Camaro, Ooh. or a, whatever hip car is out. I don't know what's the hip car now, Thomas. Uh, I, I get a lot of Camaro requests, Challengers, Dodge Challengers. And I just... oh, all right. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> let's go on. Well, hmm. Now, now Jesus just said if we ask for something, we'll we'll get it. Now he's going to go on and and offer something or promise something. What what is that? If you would read fifteen through seventeen. Okay. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper, to be with you forever even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, 
because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now note that no is uh, that, that present experiential. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But here we get some wonderful things. Now, if ye love me, if you love me, you will what my commandments? Keep them. Keep. Now, again, remember, keep does not mean do. This is trefo. This is to cling to. You're going to pay attention to them. You're, you're, when you go about life, you're not going to start devising things of your own creation, but you're going to actually pay attention to what I said because you know I am the truth. And so, so if I say something, you should pay attention to that rather than coming up with your own crazy ideas. Mm-hmm. All right. And to help you with this, to keep you focused on the truth, to, to keep you keeping, <laughs> I will send you the Holy Spirit, the your ESV now translates it helper. Some translation will put it the comforter. Some old translation will even give you the Greek word, paraclete. Mm-hmm. Now, Thomas, what is a paraclete? Uh, para, one who comes alongside, or about well, paraclete, one who comes alongside. But in this particular case, a, I think in, in my notes it says advocate, which is how I'd prefer it translated. It's, it's... Advocate is good. Uh, ad means to and vocate means to call. Mm-hmm. Paracalo is actually alongside. And then callo is to call, to speak, to call to. So, so that ad, the vocate of advocate is spot on. I mean, it, it works in English. I don't know what would be a transvocate would be the, I guess, pure <laughs> Latin. Uh, but, but the idea here of, of the, the paraclete, your, your paraclete is your advisor, mm-hmm. your advocate, your, your public defender, the guy helping you with your court case, your bud, the person who's coming alongside of you. You're, he's the guy who's literally alongside of you telling you stuff. So think about, think about what your good bud who tells you good advice can do. He'll do a lot of things. Uh, Will your advocate, will your your buddy by your side sometimes smack you upside the head if you're being stupid? Yes. One of, He's one good of the his job. This is one thing that we can forget in modern society, and it was one of the things I was very grateful for. For my my best friend in college was Tony, and he and I both understood this. Part of the job of a friend is if I'm doing something stupid or planning on doing something stupid, my friend is the one who kind of pulls me over to the side and says, "Uh, listen, just just between us." That's stupid. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's his job. I mean, the, the friend should kind of keep you from doing that, which is stupid, right? Right. So, so that's part of what he'll do. Just like your defense lawyer will, oh, I'm going to, no, 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 son, son, you don't want to do that. That, that would be bad, right? Right. Right. Uh, moreover, he will make you remember things. I mean, uh, uh, hey, hey, Brown, didn't you need to have a, a test you need to study there? Oh, yeah, good job. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, he will encourage. Oh, yeah, you can do this. Go on. Go do that. Go, 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 go on. Ask that gal. Woohoo! Yeah, you can do this. All right. Uh, he will admonish. No, don't ask that one out. I mean, so, so that, that, that giant advising, encouraging, just being a good helper, mm-hmm. being a good counselor. And what happens is this word is a, a great dynamic word. And, and I like to do it, think of it really as the Holy Spirit word. It also comes up, it's often the word that gets used, that gets translated as encourage, exhort, urge. 
So a lot of times, like in the, later on in the New Testament, you have Paul saying, I exhort you, da 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 da. Well, no, it's not really just I'm laying down the. No, it's I, I'm doing the Holy Spirit stuff here. So it, it's more than just the finger wagging, but it's the the the. Come on, guys, let, let's let's be focused on the Spirit, the Spirit, the things of God type of stuff. Because you know what, the Spirit takes you and focuses you upon the things of God. I believe I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him, but the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Paraclete. The Holy. The Paraclete does all the Paracletean stuff. Calls, delivers, sanctifies, all that good stuff. All wrapped up together. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. And really what we're moving into here in this part of John is we're going to get a lot of Holy Spirit talk. Do you know why? Think about where Jesus is at. It's Monday, Thursday, and he's been having this nice little conversation, and over and over and over, the disciples have just shown what? They don't get it. And you know what? He's going to die, and he's going to rise, and they're going to be way freaked out. And 53 days from now will be Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And after that, they're going to be they're going to be kind of running things in the church. <laughs> they're going to they're going to have the task of preaching and teaching and all that type of stuff. And so he says, okay, well, let, let's start talking about the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? Y'all aren't getting this now, but that's okay. Because I am sending you the Holy Spirit. And after you see me risen, after you see me ascended, after you receive the Holy Spirit, th- then the things will start to make sense. Because, you know, that's kind of what the Holy Spirit does. But let's, let, let me set up some groundwork so that you know the stuff about the Spirit. So that when all that Spirit stuff happens, you're, you're not... Running around going, Hakuna Matata, I have the Holy Spirit now. <laughs> Come give me money or, or some other such. But God told me Donald Trump needs to build a wall around Quebec to keep the French speakers out or, or some <laughs> other random bizarre stuff. Cool. Right? Right. All right. Let's carry on. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Now, think about that. What is he referring to? Being indwelt by the Spirit? No, no. Literally, when's the day when, when, in that day, you'll know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you? Uh... Because I live, you also will live. When do they actually see and get that Jesus is alive? Oh, that, that would be like three days from now. Well, four days Well, maybe? for ten of them, three days from now. Granted, Thomas four. waits a little bit longer. And then for Thomas <laughs> next week, because as we learned from Scripture, those who are named Thomas are often slow on the uptake and, and <laughs> duplicitous. No, no, I mean, this is pointing to the resurrection. Jesus right. is saying, listen, I'm going to die and rise, and this is going to be weird. You're, it's going to make sense when you see me risen. That, then that, that's when, when things are really going to click, because I, I can tell it's not clicking for you guys now. No, no, you're going to get with the program there. Uh, if you would do 30, uh, not 31, 21, and that'll, that'll, that'll finish off that little quote. Okay. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now, this is the whole point of, look, look, God has set up this whole stuff for you to know and be focused on mercy. Keep it there. Keep, keep focused on the commandments, because really the commandments is just 
do stuff. It's, look, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, and I've done stuff, and I've blessed you, and this is the reality. Remember the reality of love that I have for you, and you'll know that you're loved by me. Yay! Everything is about God and his love for you. That's the point. And that, that's what centers everything. Yeah, no, seriously, dude, God loves you. That's the point. Over and against all the stupid things we see in the world, all over and against the stupid things we've done, the truth remains Jesus loves you. God has come down, become man, suffered and died and risen for you. And he, he has life and he gives us life to you. That's the reality. You are forgiven, really. A lot of stuff in this world tries to make us forget that. But you know what? You are loved, even though you're Thomas. <laughs> Whatever you are, what have you. Anything else? No. Have a great tune in. Well, man, that, that's awesome. Well, uh-oh. We get more people talking other than Jesus to start next week. That'll be interesting. Oh, well, even though they're going to say something stupid, God loves them. <laughs> Think for us. Have a good week, everyone.